Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to another episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, guys. Thank you for joining us. We have been uh, out having some outdoor adventures the last week, kind of an eventful week. We're going to tell you about those adventures that we've had, uh, kind of a little bit themed around uh, covering some ground, putting some miles behind us, talk about a couple different programs, and uh, hopefully by the end of it, you've learned a little something and maybe feel encouraged to go have some of these experiences yourself. So Ben, what have we been up to? We've been outdoors, doing lots of hiking. And hiking? Backpacking. And backpacking. That's right. There's a difference, right? There is a difference. Yeah. If you get into digging into what they are, there's a lot of different definitions. We'll just go the basic route. If you're hiking, you're doing a, a little day trip. So you're you're going in and coming out and going back home. Right. Or if you're doing some base camping, if you had a base camp, you'd be leaving that base camp for the day and then coming back and returning to it. And, there, and there's variations within that. Mm-hmm. You could be going for a hike and just not carrying anything with you, just going out, coming back. There's those longer day hikes where you've got a pack and water and lunch and maybe even an extra set of clothes or shoes, depending on what you encounter. Um, but that's still day hiking. You go buy backpacks, there are day packs. They're literally classified as, as day packs. Some of those smaller things you're not stuffing a ba- uh, sleeping bag and those kinds of stuffs into. Um, well, because backpacking is going to get you into you know multiple day. So right. you're, you are carrying with you what you need to, to camp. But and we a, won't get into the camp definition. A beautiful thing about hiking and backpacking both you get to be outdoors you are getting exercise and most of the time you are learning whether you are going on one of our guided experiences and gaining some of the knowledge that we've been blessed to gain over the years and we'll share with you we almost always on some of our programs are going to gain something from the people that are signed up some of our patrons that are with us um, we learned about a snake from one of our patrons this week. Mm-hmm. We learned that uh, potato chips on a tuna sandwich is fire. We need to talk about that right now because okay, it was that good. So, yes, we learned that uh, we'll throw the brand out Lay's potato chips, just the plain it's Lay's. Plain. plain. But but now we're kind of like, well, what other chips? We're, maybe put some Takis on there, some little, add a little spice. If you take some plain Lay's potato chips, smash them up, Put them on top of your tuna sandwich, mm. which we used um, tortillas. I even put a little bit of um, mayonnaise on there. Some people don't like to do that, but right because if you're putting bread in a pack, a tortilla is a lot easier to. Yes. It's already smashed, so you're not worried about smashing your bread, right? That's right. So the flour tortilla <laughs> was perfect. Putting some tuna mayonnaise in there and then crumbling up those chips and putting in there. I mean, it yes. was one of the best I've ever had, actually. Yeah, I've ate many. So that that. That was an unforeseen learning, enlightening moment. We'll call it an enlightening moment because I will, uh, actually, since I've been home, I even made a tuna sandwich with chips on it since I've been home. That's how good it was. <laughs> you, I saw him. He did. And, and I won't. I'm going to save that for the, the uh, backpacking for the trail, experience. Huh? Yes, for the trail. So a, a beautiful thing about getting out, hiking, backpacking, guys, you're, you're getting exercise, you're learning like we've just talked about, whether it's from the food or the flora and fauna that you're out doing. So Ben, what was the first, the first program that we had and what were some of the, the cool things from that program? So we actually did a hike. So we went one way in, came back out, uh, made an evening of it. Yep. Um, it was actually called Garrison Springs. Yeah. 
and beautiful area that the our, our local um, the city here actually purchased. And so now anyone in our area can, can go check it out. Yeah, Garrison Springs here uh, in the small town where, where I live is a historical spring. It dates back to, we'll call him a, a founding father or a, a very historic family member of the local Ozark community. And uh, it, it's a beautiful place. I mean, it, it's just right off of really the city square, or less than a mm-hmm. mile from the city square. Uh, we actually had participants in our group with us that have lived within a few miles of it for three decades, and they've never been there. It's been open to the public for a long time, but the city actually owns it now. It's going to become a city park. So really cool to share something that's right in our backyard. And I think something to take from that is there are so many things, no matter where you live, in your backyard that you probably don't know about that you can go enjoy. So dive in, see what's available around you. Right, go explore, check it out. Right. There at Garrison Springs, you know, you and I discussed a lot of flora and fauna along the way. One that we wanted to find in particular was a, a morel mushroom. A morel mushroom. Now, we hiked, we, you and I are pretty diligent, mm-hmm. whether call it worry or just diligence. We pre-hike pretty much every adventure that we go on or pre-paddle if it's a paddle trip, pre-fish if it's a fishing trip. Uh, we like to be prepared. We like to be ready. So was it the day or two days before this two trip? Days. Two days before this trip, we we hiked it. And the whole way, you and I were in Morelmo. We were looking for morel mushrooms because uh, we recently just found 40 this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love to eat them. We love to share them with our family and our friends. Uh, so we were looking. We didn't find any. We didn't. And I, our hopes were that we would find them when we went so that we could educate people about them because they are amazing. They're great. They are. Um, fortunately, right there off the part of it was uh, – Actually, most of the hike was on a, a, a paved road. As we're walking down the road, a, a lady in our group said, Mushroom! Mushroom! So we stopped and looked, and sure enough, two days earlier, you and I had both walked past a morel mushroom. Uh, the rest of the group had walked past it. She was towards the back. She didn't miss it, fortunately. She was on it. <laughs> she was on <laughs> and it. And she grabbed it and kept it. So, yep. But no, I'm glad we uh, found some for her, too. Well, for everyone to see so we could identify it and help them understand what a morel mushroom looks like yeah tasty little morsel mm-hmm. uh, tasty little forest gold i like to call it so something something that i all of these programs are just getting outdoors with other people in general that that can go overlooked are the relationships because yeah you're out there to enjoy the outdoors but doing it together and doing it with new people is is so rewarding getting to learn about them uh, getting to learn about why they're why they're there, and we ask that a lot of being the program. Why are you guys here? Um, and it, it ranges from my mom signed me up, so I'm here because she paid for it, to I'm late in life and I'm about to not be able bodied enough to do this stuff, so I'm going to still do it while I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you can all, no matter where you're at, you can all go out and enjoy that together. And I think it's just a beautiful thing that the outdoors brings so many people, so many walks of life, uh, age groups, all of that together to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was actually, <laughs> it was funny because there was a, a dad-daughter combo yeah. there. They they came together and, and when we asked them, you know, why did you sign up? What do you want to get out of this? What's your goal? You know, 
the daughter was like, well, my mom signed me up. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Right. That's, thank you for being honest. So then we get we to get dad. That. We get that. <laughs> we do. Yeah. And then we get to dad and dad's like, yeah, wife signed me up. <laughs> well, actually, I think the wife was supposed to come and at the last minute she was like, I paid for this. I can't go. You're right. going. So he was kind of like, going. I'm not supposed to be here. But at the end, he was so thankful that he was because it was a cool experience, even though it was just a simple uh, short hike. But to go see something beautiful, um, we built our curriculum around that hike around the local history mm-hmm. and the flora and the fauna. So we're, we're sharing um, all of our research, all of our studies, all of our experiences over the years with these folks as we go, um, giving them tons and tons of opportunity to ask questions. And something, Ben, that we pride ourselves on, uh, if they ask us a question and we don't know the answer, we do not blow smoke. No, we just literally say, I don't know. Yeah. That's a great question. And if I have the opportunity, I'll look it up for them, maybe as we're on our journey. Yep. If we can't, then it's something I would love to look up afterwards. And, or provide them a resource. Yeah, and share with them methods or uh, resources they could use to discover on their own on the trail. So the one that we do use a lot is Seek. It's S- an app. E-E-K. Yeah. Seek is an app that you can download on Android and iPhone. It's so helpful to me because... <laughs> Uh, you got to swallow your pride a little bit because if you see something and you're like, man, I know what that is or I, sh- I just can't remember the name. I should know what that is. Uh, my joke is undergrad was a long time ago, you know, so I know I studied that and I remember studying it, but I can't remember the name. I can't remember the family. Um, can't remember always if it's edible or, or if it's a native. So having um, some of the technology resources that are out there to just help refresh you or help you learn, they're there. Why not utilize them, right? Yeah, that's correct. I think when... Well, something that we do teach is that if, if you are going to use your phone, um, use it. Use the apps, you know, Seek being one of them. If you're using your phone for your, I'm going to call it rescue, but if that is your means of, of safety, yeah, then don't use it. Shut it off, leave it off so that when you need to use it, you can turn it on. But for you're today, like if you're, if, if that's your GPS beacon or yeah. your way out, that's your location service and you're counting on that if something goes bad for them to rescue you off of your phone. And save your battery. Yeah, and I, I share that now because as we're talking about it, that's what people are like, ooh, I can take my phone, I can use it for everything, but a battery only lasts for so long. Yeah. Um, and of course, that's if you have service. If you have service. Yeah. Um, there are apps that you can use without service, which are great too. But again, uh, the, Seek, uh, the Seek app, there are many apps that identify plants and, and different species of yeah. um, animals as well. We like Seek. It seems to be, um, so far, it's, it's pretty reliable. However... I it does great at some things and not not well. So that's great at I wouldn't other. stake my life on it. Like if we've there's talked flowers about. present, it it does a better job if there's a flower present. If there's a flower present, yes, fruit. but don't stake your life on it. If you're looking for something you can eat or not eat, uh, for example, my dog is a llama. So when I tried it on my dog, it told me it was a llama. Um, She's so llama-ish. It it still has a little bit of work, and and perhaps it could have been my use of it, but. I'm not going to rely on it to tell me if that's a plant that right. I can eat or not. However, it's going to get me pretty close to where I can yeah. and he, continue and my And he's research. mentioned that if you eat or not, that's something we like to teach as we go as wild edibles. Um, something Why we teach that is, one, people seem to be enamored by what they can eat. Um, and I think now that, um, I'm not going to say it's a reality, but now it, it seems to be a possibility in the forefront of everybody's mind that that food is not always going to be as accessible as it has been um, in most recent generations. So that's kind of on, on people's mind, the self-sustainability. So what can you go eat in your backyard? What can you eat while you're hiking? We like to point some of those things out. 
we do not let them eat them when they are with us. When you're talking about wild edibles, that's not something your body's used to. So it may be considered a wild edible, but everyone has allergies. Everyone has different foods that their body reacts to. So if you are going to try a wild edible, be as certain as you can in identifying it first. Second, don't throw the whole thing in your mouth. Take mm-hmm. a little sample. Yeah, but sample it. Uh, don't rely on an app like Seek or there are other um, wildlife and plant identifying apps out there. Don't rely on them with your life. Don't depend on that to tell you whether or not you're going to be safe. Yeah, because there are people locally everywhere in every state that are great at identifying and you can pay to guide you to take you out Correct. to teach you how. So I would I would rely more on them than, than an app. Um, but again, that app is... It gives us um, another resource to use while we're hiking, backpacking. Um, and I'm not saying to like fill in the time, but as you're walking, like there are so many beautiful, especially in the spring, mm-hmm. there's so many beautiful plants that are coming up that they may have no medicinal or edible purpose, but right. you just want to know what they're, what they're called. They're beautiful. Maybe you want to. Well, and there's, there's some plants we teach about that are edible to wildlife. So you'll find them, mm-hmm. you'll find a lot of them eight and it's kind of intuitive that you'd be like, well, if the wildlife are eating it, it'd be good for me, right? Well, some of them, if not a lot of them, are, are poisonous to humans because uh, digestive tracts of, say, a, a ruminant deer and, and us are so, so different, um, even in the mechanism that they work in, that a deer may be able to digest that and be healthy, but uh, it could kill you. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And so we wrapped up Garrison Springs, um, bringing them back and, and really just kind of discussing all the different plants that we discovered, you know, even yucca. We talked about uh, drinking, like survival water. We talked about drinking out of springs, you know, because here in the Ozark, we have karst topography, which, I mean, there are tunnels. Missouri is the show-me state, but another nickname for Missouri is the cave state. There's over 5,000 identified caves, and that number is growing um, all the time. When I say identified, I mean actually mapped, mapped out. There's maps of these caves. There's obviously more than 5,000, but... We have uh, water flowing underground in these cavities all the time. So there are a lot of springs, and they just make for beautiful nature scenes out in the Ozarks or wherever you are. If you can go find a spring, uh, there's always wildlife around. There's always tons of different plants. Uh, it's just a cool place to go be to enjoy uh, mm. the, the outdoors. It, it just really is a peaceful place. Absolutely. So we'll fast forward a little bit. We wrapped up that program. We had... About 48 hours to get ready for even a bigger, a, a more involved program. What was that one? So we did a backpacking trip. It was just a, an overnighter. You know, backpacking get into multiple days or up to years. I mean, two years worth of backpacking. That's There's people that do that. What's so, the longest you've, you've stayed out with just what's in your pack? How many uh, nights? Uh, be five nights. How'd you feel on that? You know, it's... I'd say by day three, you get comfortable, but day one and two are pretty, for me, were pretty rough. Day three, it's kind of like, oh, this is it. Your, your body's kind of acclimated to weather, to soreness, you know, um, uh, I think endorphins kick in at at some point to where you don't really feel the pain that you're feeling in your lower back and your hip bones and your Mm -hmm. hips and muscles and skin. And, um, well, you use that word comfortable mm -hmm. when we're, when you're thinking about backpacking, staying overnight with what, just what you bring. Uh, obviously, the more you bring, the heavier your pack is, right? And that kind of rule of thumb is that 20% or less of your body weight should be in your pack. Um, we'll let you do the math on that. You know how much you weigh, but that's kind of that, that rule of thumb. Uh, but as you pack, you, you start throwing things in, and, and you kind of realize your goal is you're trying to make yourself comfortable. 
you're buying gear, you're trying to make yourself as comfortable while you're sleeping, while you're eating, while you're at home. And the fact of the matter is that you are not going to be. Right. I mean, you're, you're day one. You are the most comfortable. And I feel like the last day, I'm just as comfortable. So really? what I mean by is, is when I was talking about acclimating to that, like day three, the dirt, the ticks, the insects, the we'll call them bugs, the the no CMs, all these things that were just pests and bugging you and, and making you mad. By day three, I'm kind of like, oh, you're over it. Like yeah. you just, you don't even really pay attention. Um, so your, your days four or five up into six, um, for me, are more enjoyable, yeah. enjoyable. But it took at least two to three days of true just uncomfort. Well, we didn't get that far in this program. It was just one night, and it was just one night because this was an intro to backpacking program. This was designed for people who have either never done it or maybe did it a long time ago or are just not comfortable doing it to come spend time with us to see how we do it, to see the gear that we use um, from the shoes, the socks that we wear, uh, even the uh, pest repellents that we use on our clothes, uh, just teaching them all of this stuff so that they can go out without us and do it on their own. Uh, this program was actually in a partnership with one of our local parks departments, and we were actually hiking and staying in city parks. We we're going from one city park to another on a trail system, and you're not allowed to camp in these parks, but because of this program, we were. So that was kind of a cool reward. Like, we're, we are camping where other people don't get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this trip... Um, as we set out, people were very comfortable. You know, they they put a lot of trust in us. We uh, provided equipment, gear, everything. Yeah, we helped them to to wear their backpack, how to fit their backpack, um, how to pack know. the pack. Yep, we even sent out a gear list of recommended items to bring, and then you know, things that they may um, not have already had, we could provide for them. So we helped them there, and then once we hit the trail, it was pretty lax. Everybody was enjoying it, very comfortable. You know, we even processed a little bit, getting to know uh, everyone's name. So, some a uh, little bit of group building, just to make it less awkward when when you yeah. put a bunch of people together and you say, "Let's go." They didn't know us. We didn't know them. It can be kind of yeah, more nervous than it should be. So mm-hmm. we were trying to bring down the nerves a little bit. But we got started. Um, it was an amazing hike in. Um, we were man, I felt like we were like rolling four miles per hour. Like we were, it we just were going. We were, we cruising, were yeah. they were trucking. Um, they were hiking fast. So. We made it all the way to our destination. Um, Even you with your 199,000-pound backpack on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a, a lot of weight. Um, just, our, the, just the insight into Ben. If you need it, Ben's probably got it. He loves gear. He's got a lot of gear. Um, and, and he goes over the 20% rule for sure. Um, part of that is that he wants to be prepared, and we take some extra things because we want to be able to care for people out there, particularly on the first A side. If something were to happen, we feel responsible for well, them. Well, any, any guide out there is going to know you are you are caring for the majority of the group. Right. So, for, I mean, even the first aid kit size, everything that I'm going to have as a wilderness first aid. It's bigger than if you, just you and I were going. Yeah, if it's you and I going, I'm going minimal yeah. and – I mean, we've even talked about this before and get more into it as the future comes, but we're talking about sleeping in tarps. Uh-huh. You know, I would rather sleep in a tarp because it's just so lightweight. We took tents on this we trip. We took tents on this trip. Everybody so had their tent. you are adding more weight. Um, you know, even we were uh, group cooking, so the pots, I was taking extra pots, extra mm-hmm. cookers, um, stoves they call them. I call them cookers, but taking extra stoves so that each individual could make their own and learn how to use it. Well, yeah. I'm not going to make them carry 
all of that weight. So we are going to distribute and split some of the weight. But for the most part, when you're a guide, you're you're packing in more than than your participants will. Yeah, and talk a little bit about that packing. You know, I I, I really liked your perspective, and I've I've learned from you, and you share this with a lot of groups about how you pack your bag. You know, um, how it's distributed, how the weight's distributed, distributed, how the bag fits you. But what I'm really talking about is you go through this process of your home, um, and that's how you kind of that's kind of your checklist. Tell me. Tell yeah, everybody about that. When I was uh, in the Recreation, Sport, and Park Administration, uh, obtaining that degree at Missouri State University, my college professor, um, the one that really got me into the backpacking side, it was really him that first brought this concept that, that clicked in my head and made sense, and I've used it ever since, so I want to thank him for that. Um, but when I'm packing, I just ensure that I have all the parts of my house. And so you're going to first look at your bathroom. So you're going to have your bathroom equipment. You're going to have your... Um, bedroom equipment you're going to have your living room your kitchen but think through what is it that you have at home that you need in the backcountry and I start there and then after you have all of that out and they're thinking you need it you can go ahead and put it in your pack without putting where it needs to go but you're going to weigh it Mm -hmm. and if it is way too much weight now you got to pull it back out and start really like prioritizing prioritizing what is it that I really need and do I really need this yeah and then digging into I like to take items that are multi-use so if i'm only taking it for one thing just to use it for one thing then it um, can probably stay at home then it's going to stay at home yeah. right um you know i'm not going to take uh shampoo and a bar of soap right i can just use shampoo to take care of both and i'm, I'm cutting out my weight so that's yeah. one tiny example but but that's only if you're going for a month to get your one month shower in yeah because i only shower once a month so <laughs> but no but in regards to that looking at thinking about the areas in your home so that you don't forget what items you might might need and then and then yeah we got into to teaching them how to pack it so you know placing the heaviest weighted items against your back um, kind of your light, lighter items at the bottom of your bag and then how to fit the bag appropriately to you which right. that needs to be done when you're going to purchase one make yeah. for sure your your backpack fits you the way it's supposed to fit so once we got to camp we kind of took uh, everybody's temperature I, we we had dinner everybody cooked we taught them how to use their cook sets uh, but around the fire that night we kind of took everybody's temperature saw how they were feeling what they thought about the day uh, we asked them on a scale of one to ten um how hard, how strenuous was was the day from when we started to now? And I think everybody was between a, a three and a five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ten being, that was the hardest thing I ever did. One being, like, you could have just drove me here. Right. So we, they weren't pushed that hard, which for an intro thing, we didn't really want them to, to be. Um, we kind of dismissed, let everybody have free time for the night. Uh, when we woke up the next morning, a little bit of a different story. What was the mood like? that you could tell they were tired yeah you know i don't want to say that they were down and out but i mean their their behavior was different they were (laughs) they were tired they weren't they weren't wanting to talk and uh thankfully we had already prepped was going to do breakfast for them so you and i prepared breakfast for them and you got them some coffee we got them some eggs bacon biscuits yeah change their mood a little bit it started to change that mood a little bit but we were able to then um get them kind of talking and and talk about what happened that night what was the different for them what changed And all of them really was that they didn't sleep well. But I think the awakening was, you know, a sleep pad that you can pack is 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 not a queen air mattress. It was 45 degrees. That's that's not warm. Right. There was owls hooting all night. Birds landing on top of tents singing of a morning. 
the dew was heavy, heavy. So anybody that was touching the outside of their tent, some people woke up with wet hair. Mm -hmm. Um, These are all things you're going to encounter when you are staying, living in the outdoors. Um, So it was kind of an awakening for some of these people. And I wouldn't say their attitudes were bad. It was just they were tired, a little defeated. They were in their stretch zone. They were no longer comfortable. So there was some learning that was was happening. Well, we seize the opportunity, and that's what I wanted to talk with them about. Because they made the point, we want like equipment like you guys have so that it makes it more comfortable, better, you know. And the, the point that I tried to leave them with is that you will never be able to recreate what you have at home. You're going to the back country, you're camping, sleeping on the ground. Get out of your mind that you're going to be able to purchase all this awesome gear to make it comfortable. Yeah, it never so, will be. No, it won't be. If, if you don't want to be uncomfortable, then stay home or right. move into the RV camping world. But backpacking, um, there are... There's awesome equipment out there that that helps uh, make it more comfortable than it is just living right, living off the land, you know, laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll never be your bed, you know, your sink, your your plates and cups. It's it's just completely different. Right. I mean, and we taught them everything from group latrines, so literally using the bathroom yeah. in in a hole and right. covering it up, um, and you know, we. we <laughs> When we showed them where the latrine was, of course, we took everybody up there to do it. We, it was a pretty good little trek through the woods to get away from camp. And a lot of them were kind of like, well, how am I, how am I ever going to find this again? Or this is, this is kind of far away. And our answer was, well, yeah, it's private. And you do want to be far away from yeah. camp. Well, <laughs> we don't want to see, hear, smell, any of that. Right. Well, and first is, is you look at your water source and so making sure that you're, you're plenty far away, which we were, really far away from mm-hmm. the water. Um, and the second is, is, is most of them have, have not used the, um, the outdoors or excuse me, have not used any kind of, of pit, to, uh, a hole, yeah. uh, a dugout hole in the ground to, um, go to the bathroom in. So that's just was foreign to them, you know? And, and again, backpacking one-on-one back to the basics. So teach them how to do that, but then actually going and doing it is uneasy yeah. to some people it feels some people had the, the emotion of freeing though some people said it was freeing there was an individual that said <laughs> you know what doing this outdoors is freeing and hey props yeah to that person props a tip on that when you think about using the bathroom outdoors um should say think when you do a lot of people will try to find something to lean against a tree a rock the best tip I can give you was transformational for me when I used to work way out on ranches and maybe didn't use an indoor facility all week long. Instead of leaning against something, find something to grab and lean backwards. So find a tree that is strong enough to hold you, grab it with your hands and lean backwards into a squat. Mm -hmm. You will be able to use the bathroom in a more efficient and cleaner manner than you ever would leaning against something. Yeah. Would you agree? Yes, and even setting on like a lot of people have tried to find a tree that's fallen perfectly that they can, yeah, s- set in between. Like it's just so it's hard. It's hard to reproduce the toilet that you have at home. It is. It's, you it, won't. The yeah. best way you can't, and the best way then is to find that tree that you can that that both hands can kind of go around so yeah. that you you have a firm grip, and then there you go, lean back. So taking them through all the things to think about in a backpacking camp. Uh, we also, after supper, we took them to taught them what a bear bag was and why you want to hang it. Uh, showed them how to do it. Taught them some knots. Uh, probably the most excited moment was when we had one 
uh, one lady, she she wanted to throw it the rope over the the tree limb, and when she did, it was like the most excited moment ever. She was so excited that on her first try, she threw this water bottle right over the tree limb. Well, we all set different goals before we started, you know, yeah. and and I didn't know the goal for the individual goal for each person, and and you know, our group goal was to get to our destination and camp. That was our goal that we set right. out to do, and and we did. But the individuals, they made their own goals, and so. Uh, she was finding success, success in about everything that she was doing, and and she kept building and growing off of that, and and that that gave me um, joy, uh, excitement. It, it made me feel proud is is to be there to help teach and and to share some of this new stuff for people to go do on their own afterwards. Right. And so she, she let's talk it. about a bear bag. Can we talk about that for a second here. That where we we have bears in the Ozarks, increasing numbers every year. Uh, I think last year was the first bear season in a long, 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 long time. But where we were staying, it was unlikely for there to be a bear. So why hang a bear bag? Well, again, backpacking one on one. Yeah, uh, backpacking one on one. We just want to ensure that they have the basics to to go wherever they want to go. And if you're going all over the country, there are different rules and expectations set for for many of the different parks and places you go. Um, a bear bag really happens in a lot of places. It's it's kind of a requirement. Um, Arkansas to the south of us. That's definitely a place I'm always going to use one, and our participants could easily drive and, and do a backpacking trip there. So we wanted to teach them how to really do it. But also here in the Ozarks, we have mice, rats, you know, critters, uh, possums, opossums, um, um, chipmunks, raccoons. raccoons. That's the one I was trying to think yeah, of, especially the raccoon, one, yeah. you know. Um, and so an experience that I had in the past, uh, a negative one, was that a... I'm saying it's a, a mouse. It's probably a rat. But uh, we had left some trail mix on the bottom of one of our really expensive backpacks. And in the middle of the night, it uh, ate a hole through the bottom of the backpack and actually ate some of that trail mix and then kind of pulled it out. And so we woke up to that the next morning that our, our really expensive backpack now has a hole in it. It's ruined. Mm. And, again, hanging it up in the tree, taking the food out of that pack would have would have completely cut it. And not just up. your food but your trash too trash yeah yeah definitely i mean in a bear bag so what a bear bag is is it can be any container you want they do sell bear containers but we used um waterproof bags and so we put all of our trash in one we put all of our our remaining food in another and then um yeah hung it up in a tree that's tall enough that a bear can't get it and far enough away from the the actual trunk of the tree that it'd be hard for a bear to climb up and, and get to right so this program you know it was a partnership. This is a partnership with uh, a, a local parks department, Springfield Green County Parks Department. Um, and the reality is that we couldn't have pulled it off without them. So I just want to say thank you to them. Um, thank you, Justin, for um, your leadership and your help with the gear. Uh, the fried jalapenos and onions was a nice touch at camp. It was really good. Never yeah, had that supper. in camp he, before. He killed it. It was, it was really good. So I appreciate that partnership and the help. Um, guys, go check out your local parks. This particular park that we stayed in, I wasn't even aware that it was there before this, and it was absolutely gorgeous. Close to town, but beautiful. And if you guys want to go to our Facebook or Instagram, you can check out some of those pictures, some of those scenes that we encountered. Um, follow us on there, guys, so you can see some of these programs that we're doing. Uh, but again, thank you to the parks. You guys go check them out. Uh, most municipalities have parks departments. We have federal parks. We have state parks, no matter where you are. Um, and there are usually and probably are programs going on 
that you can take advantage of. Definitely. Um, Brian, I want to ask you, and, and I think some of the listeners would love to know, what is a takeaway? What's something that you took away from the trip, you know, going out for two days, um, meeting new people like that? What's a something you can take away that, that you enjoyed from the trip this weekend? So just that group in general um, on that backpacking trip, what what I found, I'll say humbling, was how humble they were. They came with the attitude of, I don't know what I'm doing here. I, I'm, I'm here to learn. Um, it was like this, they didn't even know us, but they had this, this respect. They, they treated us with respect the whole time and just the humbleness through the whole trip. Um, and it was honestly, when it was over, it's kind of tough to leave. It was like, I wanted another day or two, uh, to spend with these folks and to spend in the outdoors. That's what about good. you? Yeah, mine was uh, a lot of the participants would talk about as we would share tips, tricks, how to use the equipment, teaching the new skills. They would be like, "Well, when I watched YouTube videos." Oh yeah, we did know, hear that a couple times. When, on the YouTube videos, they would you know show me this or, um, but a lot of them said even though they watch YouTube videos, it's different than actually going out and physically doing it. Mm-hmm. And that was empowering to me because there are thousands probably billions actually of videos yeah. on youtube now um that you can you can about anything that we taught or did you can look up and someone is probably teaching you how but until you go out and experience it it's just a thought it's it's not a thing i mean it's just something you thought about and thought you know i could probably do that you have to go out and test those skills and i was so proud of them for coming out and doing that because that's right. now that empowers them it gives them the ability to to possibly go do it without us now to go on their own journey and plan the trip find where you're going to go pack the equipment and go do it. Yeah, and when it comes to backpacking, your perfect pack from the actual backpack to everything that you're bringing with you is not the perfect one for me. There are things that can be recommended. You can watch YouTube and see all these recommendations on gear and you may get it and take it out and use it and be like, "Well, that ain't that doesn't work for me. That ain't for me." So go out, experience, um, see the gear that other people are using if you can go on a guided adventure. I'm kind of refined that perfect pack, that perfect set of gear for you. And no, just to, again to reiterate, perfect for you does not mean comfortable. True. It, you're not going to be comfortable. That's, so that's true. Something that's another takeaway for me about these trips is I love that you get to go exercise and be outdoors. It just it just feels healthy. It feels refreshing. You know, when it's over, you are you're tired physically, a little bit mentally, but. I always just feel refreshed. Like, I, I just feel refreshed. My knees may hurt. I know your lower back was hurting you a little bit from carrying that extra heavy bag. But you, you just get home and you feel refreshed, especially after a hot shower. You <laughs> get, a little, get a little clean, and you yep. just, it, the reflection time uh, of the events that you had um, and, and just the, the time in creation, being out in creation because you're part of creation, there is something so uplifting and refreshing about that. Mm-hmm. I agree. When I came back, I, I was super tired. But even that evening, just being with the kids, it, I, I missed my children. So then kind of reuniting with them was even felt good, right? Yeah. And and then being refreshed for them, like even though I felt tired, I was ready to play and ready to, to be present yeah. with them. Um, but that even led into to one to two days after. I just, just yeah, it's powerful to, Man, to come back. When you've been away even for a couple of days, and you come home to your kids and that daddy's home moment, mm-hmm. there's not much better in the world no. than that right there, right? <laughs> no, it's special. It I mean, it's, it really stinks to be away 
for very, even an hour for me. Right. But yeah, going out for an overnight, two nights, um, coming back home is pretty special. But yeah. without being away, you don't get to come home and have those moments. That's right. And right. I think that's what backpacking provides for a lot of people that um, you get away from. I mean, you may have your normal routines, but you get away from the technology. So you can get away from your cell phone, the television, the the, the evening calls, the just whatever's stressing you out. Yeah. And you you go to the outdoors, you kind of re, I'm going to say reconnect, because that's really what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to be present. You have to cook your food. You have to set make your bed. You have to set up your, t- I mean, you have to do all these things. You have to be there doing it. And you forget about that stuff. You can put all that stuff on pause. Absolutely. It's kind of a way to uh, re-energize your mind because you're not thinking about all that. You're thinking about the task at hand um, to make sure that you have your food, fire, shelter, water, covering those covering those core four. And then when you get home, you can mow your lawn. You can mow your lawn and use your microwave to make your supper <laughs> and, and all those things. So, Well, guys, that that's about it for another episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. Uh, again, thank you to Springfield Green County Parks Department for partnering with us. Thank you to all the patrons um, on those two programs we talked about this week. If you guys have questions, you're wanting to get into backpacking or hiking and have questions about our gear, please reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or even our website, meanttobeoutdoors.com. Between now and next week, I hope you guys have the opportunity to go outdoors, get a little tired, but come home refreshed. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.